0: at all I watch some AEW Eddie Kingston for sure gets me going Daniel Garcia is a great guy I've loved watching him rise uh but I don't watch a ton of wrestling like some of these other guys and and gals and just people that do commentary um it's just feeling the moment it's you know I, I hope that whatever I think love or hate me I bring an excitement I feel that's my thing I everyone tells me when I'm calling something especially with Dylan because Dylan has this controlled excitement.
1: that note bell pancakes here joining me tonight on the stack i have owen brody hey Um, you can see owen in limitless um atlantic pro wrestling where he's their new england champion and um in world of hurt so please welcome owen brody
0: thanks awesome to be here
1: thank you for joining me tonight on my last stack of the year so thank you for helping me close out the year on a high note um, we were talking about how much I enjoy your purple aesthetic. And that makes me really happy. So thank you. <laughs>
0: hey, no problem. I like purple.
1: Hell yeah. So I'm just gonna jump into things. We're gonna start kind of start kind of from the beginning. But cool. what was a young Owen like?
0: A young Owen. Like how young are we going? Are we going like kindergarten Owen?
1: Like like when you were a kid, like I don't know, like 10-ish.
0: Tennis, Yeah. I mean, tennis. I mean, I haven't grown up much since then, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, 10. I mean, I was addicted to wrestling like all the time watching wrestling, reading wrestling magazines, playing with wrestling action figures, playing wrestling video games. Like that was, that was me when I was a kid. Like I just loved professional wrestling and, uh, yeah it's always been a big part of my life um 10 year old me would probably uh be wrestling with his brother and accidentally hurt him and get in trouble um and get grounded from like the Nintendo 64 for a week um but yeah that was 10 year old me good time (laughs) I haven't changed much I still wrestle my brother when I can
1: (laughs) (laughs) so what were some of your favorite wrestlers like as a kid
0: oh man as a kid so like Bret Hart definitely first wrestler I ever saw was, was Bret Hart. Um, I remember, I don't know if it was like my dad watching it or if we were just flicking through the channels. Right. So it was the million dollar man Ted DiBiase versus Bret Hart. And uh, I saw Bret Hart come out and I was like, this guy's pretty cool. Like he's got the leather jacket. Like it's awesome. He put him in the sharpshooter and I was instantly like, okay, I got to put my brother in that. Um, so yeah, Bret Hart definitely a big one. Macho man, Randy Savage was another huge one. Um, Which was, you know, crazy Because WrestleMania 7 was Savage and uh, Warrior And my brother was a huge Ultimate Warrior fan So there was a lot of, like, you know Macho's gonna win, Warrior's gonna win And then, of course, Macho Man has to retire You know, Warrior beats him at Mania And I was sad But then he called, he came back And it was funny, too, because I remember Very vividly, they had, like, a hotline that you could call to vote Like, this was great marketing, right? Because it was, like, two bucks a minute and you had to listen to, like, the thing that took, like, four minutes to get to where you could actually, like, vote. And you had to vote to reinstate the Macho Man. And I 100% begged my parents to let me call so that I could reinstate the Macho Man because I felt like it was that important.
1: Aw. And you had, like, a $700 phone bill. And Yeah,
0: but <laughs> Macho Man got to come back, guys. It was worth it. <laughs> I
1: mean, small price to pay,
0: really. That's right. <laughs>
1: So how did you decide to go from really liking wrestling as a kid to actually like pursuing wrestling?
0: So that's an interesting story, right? So I had always wanted to do it, but I, I mean, back then there was no internet. You couldn't look up like where wrestling schools were. So I thought it was completely unattainable, to be honest. So I was just like, this is a pipe dream, never going to happen. And I went to um, a local show. Me and a buddy of mine had walked into a subway and they had flyers for this wrestling show. We're like, oh, let's go. Like, this is pretty cool. So we bought tickets. We go. And on the seats are uh, flyers for what they call the fantasy camp. And a lot of of schools run this now. So I was like, this is kind of neat. And I remember I folded it up, put it in my pants pocket, didn't think anything of it. I was still living at home at the time. And my mom would always just come up grab my laundry and and do it during the day just you know that's how it was so she sees this flyer in my pants pocket and she calls the guy and like signs me up for it for my birthday So my birthday was like a week before right around that time so it was like yeah it was pretty cool right so my mom tells me like make sure you're not working this weekend don't make any plans I got something scheduled for you and I didn't even think about like the timing or anything so I was like okay cool like this will be fun like whatever is super exciting thing it is and the funniest part was i show up at the camp and it was uh steve bradley's school um top rope pro wrestling academy is what it was called at the time and um he goes i said hi you know i'm micah and he goes oh he goes your mother is the sweetest lady apparently she called him like a bunch of times and was like does he need this does he need that does he need this <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh that's precious
0: it was awesome so yeah so uh my mom was pretty over with steve um and so i did that weekend camp and he was like hey and i'm the thing is is like whenever i tell this story i always try to think like he probably pulled a bunch of people aside and said the same pitch because it's obviously trying to get people to sign up for school and, and you know whatever but uh he pulled me aside and he's like hey um you know you're kind of a natural in there like get good footwork i think you should really like think about doing this and I was like, okay, and he, he told me how much. And I said, all right, cool. So I, you know, started putting money aside. And um then, you know, he did another fantasy camp, like I want to say six months later. And I, you know, I, I loved it. So I was like, I'm gonna sign up for that again. And and you know, I saved up enough money to actually pay for wrestling school, and then I started going down there and training, and it was it was yeah, it was a trip. It was awesome. Learned so much from Steve and everybody that that trained down there.
1: So, how old were you when so- you
0: yeah, so when, um, let's see, that was, I was 20. I had just turned 20. It was my 20th birthday, yeah. Aw.
1: Yeah, that was a long that's time so ago. That's so sweet. Like, <laughs> but
0: like
1: four years, five years? Uh, right. That's <laughs> so sweet that your mom signed you up for your first wrestling. Yeah, like,
0: it was pretty awesome. adorable. I thought, it was, I thought it was pretty cool. And like, and, it, and unfortunately, like it set me, you know, sent me back like life-wise for not being able to like move out of my parents house and get an apartment and like all that stuff so I was paying for wrestling school but it was 100% worth it it's awesome that's like that's like
1: a super cute like that's a super cute story like I love that and like especially like her calling and being like well what does he need
0: <laughs> yeah because I guess like she called and said like does he need knee pads does he need like and asked like all these questions so like I had a bag that was like pretty much packed for me that was like here's all the stuff you're gonna need and it was it was awesome <laughs> my mom's always been a that's pretty so big
1: cute. <laughs> like, it's awesome that you have that, like, such support in your life too, to help you through something like wrestling. I know that yeah. not everybody is lucky enough to have that. So,
0: right, yeah. And my mom's a very supportive person. I've been very lucky. So,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> seriously that's so cute. <laughs> So what were some of the best things you learned while training that you have taken with you on your journey?
0: Um, The biggest thing is just wrestling psychology, you know, and and how to present yourself to people. You know, I'm still one of the few guys who still walk around and, you know, at least you know, handshaking's kind of like gone away with COVID. So I still, you know, say hi to everybody and make sure that I say bye to everybody. Usually people get the, Hey, I might've said bye to you already, but I'm going to do it again anyway. So I don't miss you. And, uh, but just the, the ring psychology stuff, like, was stuff that I didn't, like, I didn't even know going into it, you know, like, everybody thinks it's just you go in and you you do stuff and, like, it's cool, but you got to know where to put things, and that's something that Steve taught us all was, you know, it doesn't matter how many moves you do, it's where you put them, and that was the biggest thing, and I always think about that, like, when I put a match together, I always think about, like, you know, what would, what would Steve think about me doing X, Y, and Z? Like, would would Steve say, don't do this or do that instead? Like, I try to think about, like, the stuff that he taught us and how to apply that. And it's always in the back of my mind. Like, if Steve watched that match, like, what would he think?
1: (laughs) WST, what would Steve think? Right? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So who has had the most influence on you both in and out of the ring?
0: Um, I mean, in the ring, definitely, you know, Steve, um, another person who has a lot of influence with my in-ring was, uh, Maverick Wild, who I trained with after, I, uh, after Steve had passed away and I took a little bit of time off and then I, you know, came back into, um, wrestling with, uh, Maverick Wild, and he, he had more of an impact than he thought he did and probably more than he knows he did. I mean, he taught me a lot about ring psychology and stuff too. Um, and just about life in general, um, outside of the ring, I mean, definitely my mom, you know, my mom's been a huge supporter, like I said, and, and she's taught me a lot of stuff. I wouldn't be who I am without my mom, to be honest. So I got to give her credit for that. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, moms. Speaking of moms. My mom's
0: in the chat. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, hi. I was checking to see if she was there.
1: I was like, oh, she usually watches, right? That's like, awesome. So I'm also very
0: lucky in that I have a supportive mother. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it is. And, you know, it's like uh, we, uh, I don't know, I might be jumping ahead. I don't know if you know this, but I i ran a wrestling promotion for a little while. We did like four shows, so it's not really like a big deal. Um, but my mom ran the music for all the shows. And she was like, I remember her sitting there and she goes, look, I'm really nervous. What do I do? And I'm like, you just play the music, mom. Like, and I remember we're sitting there and, and we're watching, um, I showed her like the we turned on like WWE Network or something or whatever. And I was like, look, okay, here's what happens. Like they play the music and then you see how they're kind of like, they're done posing now just stop the music. And then you play the next, but it was just, it was so funny. She was so nervous that she was going to like, quote unquote, mess it up. But I'm like, mom, there's really no way, unless you play like the wrong person's music, but then we can laugh about that. And that's totally fine. Like. Yeah. That happens
1: all the time at indie
0: shows. Oh yeah. I've had, I had uh, actually one time the music, like went down like the, the computer just decided it was going to shut down so we didn't have music so I came out and I told the crowd I wasn't entering the ring until they sang me a song and then they all sang me like the Kurt Angle you suck chant and then I was like oh I'm not I'm not going to the ring at all and then they got the music to work and my music started playing so then I could make fun of how bad their music how bad their singing was that they actually brought the computer back to life so it was a good time
1: that's awesome that's yeah. awesome. so how long have you been wrestling
0: way too long so like I when I started it was 2004 so that was when I first did the fantasy camp and then I was by 2005 I was training um you know three nights a week down in Manchester New Hampshire which was almost two hours from my house um and then see steve i'm trying to think of what year steve passed away 2007 i think 2008 um when when he passed i i stopped for almost eight months i think and there was some time in between there too where i'd stopped because i was working retail i'd worked retail for like m- most of my life up until like four years ago um so my job like prevented me from doing a lot of stuff in wrestling which kind of sucked um so there was times where like I got promoted and I had more responsibility at work. So it was like, okay, you know, I didn't make wrestling practice for a couple months. And so I was kind of in and out at some times. Um, but yeah, 2004 is when it started five was when like full-time training started. Um, 2000, I think it was 2009 is when I started training at Maverick school and wrestling it for his company. And that was when I was wrestling a little bit more frequently um and then i moved to maine and met a bunch of guys up there and had some crazy fun times up there and and here we are now
1: <laughs> well,
0: 17 years later <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're like a like a full vet at this point like
0: pretty much i'm like an unknown vet like i've always been there but i haven't been there you know what i mean like yeah it's, it's again one of those things where if i didn't have like my retail job i would have been able to make a lot more shows and and be out a lot more and really get myself out there and probably be more known than I am now
1: (laughs) I mean that's a good thing and a bad thing though like yeah
0: I mean I wouldn't change anything like I like how my life is now like I think about it like we were having the conversation in the car one time me and uh, it was me Murdoch and B.A. Tatum were in the car and we were talking about like oh man like you know what if I had like really dedicated my time to wrestling and just like didn't do the retail gig. Like, where would I be? And then Mur- Murdoch goes, well, not in this car. Cause you met me through work. And I was like, well, you're probably right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. See, you never know what, what could or couldn't have happened.
0: Right. It's true.
1: Maybe you would have gotten hurt and you would, would not be here. Yeah, doing what you're doing now?
0: Who knows? Could have Who happened knows? a number number of different things could have happened. It would have been crazy.
1: Right, but here you are, 17 years in, talking to me about all kinds of random stuff. There. Yeah,
0: and having a blast.
1: Golly, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> like I always want people. I know wrestlers have to do these things to, you know, keep their name out there and to do like promote themselves and what have you but I always just hope that like the inner like interviews or talks that I have are like just as painless as possible
0: yeah of course this is great. <laughs> so you're doing awesome Val you're doing awesome
1: you're just, you're so kind you're doing awesome that's why Thanks. I'm talking to you Aww. Uh right so um what has been your greatest achievement in wrestling so far? And that can be anything from like a title you've won or if you've had like a specific match or, or, um, I know you mentioned that you ran your own shows if that's kind of it, whatever you judge for your own self as your greatest achievement in wrestling.
0: Yeah. I mean, my greatest achievement, I think like, it's a culmination of things. Right. So I think like the relationships that I've made and the, bonds that I've made with people like that's my greatest achievement like when I can look and say like hey I helped this person do this or I helped them come up with this idea and it comes to fruition like that's those are my biggest achievements when I can help other people like even if it's something little where it's like you know I've had guys come up to me in the locker room and say hey can I run my match by you and I always say absolutely but expect me to want to change something (laughs) And they'll run something by and I go, what if you did this instead? And then sometimes they're like, that's awesome. Let's do it. And they do that. And then seeing it happen is like, yeah, that's, that's a good feeling. You know, it's a good feeling. Um, sometimes they're like, no, I hate it. And they don't do it. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to use that in my match then. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to do it, brother, I'm going to do it.
1: What has been the greatest obstacle that you've overcome in wrestling?
0: Greatest obstacle I've overcome. Hmm. That's a good one. I mean, I would say, like, it's more of a personal thing, right? So, like, putting myself out there and saying, like, hey, like, you know, because for a while, I was just working out of the school, you know? So, with, like, Maverick Wild, for example, I was just working his promotion. I wasn't thinking about anywhere else. And, like, a buddy of mine brought me to <clears throat> Liberty States Pro, which actually Maverick was part of. So, it was kind of the same thing. But getting myself out there, like, I remember when I moved to Maine, I was like, eh, I'm pretty much done wrestling at this point. I don't know anybody up here. And then my my buddy Murdoch uh, brought me to a show, and this was before he got in the ring at all. Uh, we just gone to a show because Bret Hart was there, and Bret Hart was going to be signing autographs. So uh, we did that. And he said, hey, he goes, there's uh, Larry Huntley. He trains people. He goes, you should talk to him. <laughs> I'm like okay. Okay. So, you know, I introduced myself and just getting myself out of my comfort zone, right? Like I'm a pretty social guy, but like for me to go and be like, Hey, you know, do you got any spots open? Sometimes it's like, it was a, it was a really tough thing for me to get over. Like that fear of rejection, I guess I would say uh, was, was really tough. So I would say that's, that's probably the biggest roadblock I've had is, is now I'm pretty like, okay, cool. I'll ask people to work, you know, like world of hurt, for example, I emailed them probably or message them probably like four or five times. Like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm available. Do you have a spot? And it was just a battle royal. And I was like, do you have a spot in a battle royal? Because they said they were doing like, I want to say it was like a 30-man deal. And I was like, okay, they probably don't have 30 men. Like, they maybe they have 27 and I can be number 28. And uh, I remember Shane, the guy who runs uh, World of Hurt, messaged me, and he goes, I see you're very uh, enthusiastic about, about working with us. We'll, we'll get you a spot. Come on down. And I was, like, so stoked about that. So it was, like, my first big victory, you know?
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So were you in the Battle Royale?
0: I was, I was. And I'm always a big fan. Like, uh, if you ever hear me in a locker room and someone asks me, hey, talk about, you know, help me, help me with my match, or I'm calling a match. I always think in moments, right? So I'm like, there's gotta be a moment, there's gotta be something that the fans look at and they go, Okay, like this is a big thing. This is a big moment. Like you gotta kind of make room for that stuff. Like some people kind of rush through, like, oh, I wanna get this and I wanna get that and I wanna get this in. And I'm like, well, let's settle that, make a moment. So I remember. Thinking, I'm like, okay, I gotta make, I gotta stand out a little bit. I gotta do something because I know what, battle royals. You come in, and you, you your music plays, your number, whatever. You run down to the ring. You high five people if you're a good guy. You you give them the, eh, if I'm a bad guy. And then you get in the ring and you punch and you kick and you punch and you kick and someone throws you out. And I said, I don't want to do that. So I said, Shane, I said, what if I ran to the ring? I'm running like a bat out of hell, like I'm just ready to go whoop some ass. And I get to the apron, and I just stop. And then I walk around the ring, and I just talk shit to people. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that.
1: You can it's fine. <laughs> okay, you're
0: good. You're
1: good.
0: I go and I'm, I'm just talking shit to people, and I'm just you know, oh yeah, you can't throw me out if I don't get in, pal. I'm smarter than all of you guys. And then the next person that comes out to baby face. They chase me out of the ring. They chase me into the ring, and people just bump me around. It'll be awesome. And so, you know, we did that and it worked really, really well. And he was very happy with the way that 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 all came out. And I think that actually helped me, you know, get booked in the future with them. So, yeah, I like to make moments.
1: That's awesome, though, especially with kind of the way things progress, like from indie shows onto, like, Twitter or onto YouTube. Those moments are what people grasp onto and share little videos and clips of yeah and it's all you you know one good clip and a lot more people know who you are exactly exactly that's awesome thank you (laughs) so did you win the battle royal or no
0: no no but i also said too like i don't want to get eliminated like the normal just dump me out or oh i missed something and you pulled the ropes down So there was um, this girl that was there, Kristen DeVille, and uh, we had kind of paired up with another, you know, guy-girl combo. And I said, well, wouldn't it be funny if they throw us out of the ring and I don't realize who's behind me, you go to touch me and I just lift my leg and try to give you a nut shot. And you just stop and I turn around and you smack me and I fall off the apron. So that's exactly what we did, it was awesome and actually the two came and grabbed us and, and both knocked us off the apron so it worked out even better but uh, it was just fun another one of those moments where it's like he low blowed him nope it's a it's a girl it doesn't quite work that way and then the <laughs> crowd the crowd laughed and they were like oh you know and so again making making that moment not just being your standard throw him over the top rope He both feet both feet hit the floor and you're out of here well like to do
1: something memorable
0: Yeah, and I'm a a creative guy. I like to come up with creative things sometimes.
1: So if you could go back in time and wrestle yourself for your first match or go forward in time and wrestle yourself five years from now, which would you pick and why? Ooh. Wrestle
0: myself five years from now or wrestle myself at the beginning. I mean if I wrestle myself at the beginning it's going to be a pretty bad match. So let's see. But I could whisper like, you know, good little nuggets of information during the time. I would say I would say wrestle myself 5 years from now to be honest cuz like the way that I see it is I know like from point A to now I know how I've grown. So to be able to fast forward time and wrestle myself five years from now and be surprised that like, oh, wow, the, the five years that passed, like I've grown X amount, that's kind of cool. So I think that would intrigue me a little bit more than going back and, you know, beating up my old self and being like, you got to learn all this stuff, kid. This is what you're going to have, kid. Like, you know.
1: <laughs> Go back and teach yourself what's
0: up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: So... Um... I know as a wrestler you're you have to drive to your shows. Um teleportation doesn't exist yet, much to my dismay. Oh, my. What do you like to listen to when you're on the road?
0: So yeah, it really depends. So like a lot of times it starts off with a podcast. So is that something that's a little bit more uh engaging, makes the ride go by a little faster. Um, if I have other people in the car, then it's just kind of random music. It's usually like background noise. Cause we're talking and, you know, we're socializing and having a good time. Um, but then like right before I get to the building, it's like, I got to turn on some like pump up music. I got to listen to like Pantera or like Metallica or like something that just gets me in the zone. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say podcasts definitely for the ride home because they, they keep me awake they keep me interested. Um, and you know with podcasts it ranges everywhere from you know obviously wrestling podcasts to like true crime podcasts i like true crime that's interesting stuff um sometimes it's scary stuff cuz i'm like whoo jeez that stuff happens it's crazy but uh but yeah that that's my ride usually podcasts and then like a quick couple songs of pumped up music and i'm ready to go do you have
1: like a pumped up playlist that you go
0: to so i actually do i do and it's called pumped up and it has like uh like a Mega Man version of the Macho Man Randy Savage on it it's kind of nice. cool but yeah it's good just a bunch of songs like if I find a song that I like listen to over and over and I'm like this is a good good pumped up song it goes on the playlist
1: that's awesome what podcast do you listen
0: to uh I love Crime Junkies that's really a really good one um this last drive I listened to uh Have You Seen This Man which was an interesting story it was this guy who like robbed this uh like kind of stole from this bank and then like he pretended to be some other guy and like got a bunch of fake loans like all this stuff and then just disappeared and no one can find him so they're like have you seen this guy (laughs) (laughs) really interesting and then obviously the wrestling podcast like something to wrestle with i actually really like the jeff jarrett podcast my world it's very interesting to hear like his stuff and i didn't watch like hardly any of the tna stuff so like hearing talk about tna like makes me want to go watch
1: it so it's really cool nice always i like i've recently gotten into listening to podcasts like over the past year so i'm always looking for like new podcast recommendations so thank you
0: if you like true crime crime junkies is great because the girls that put that together do a very good job and it's just it's awesome
1: one of the podcasts that i listen to advertises it all the time and i haven't listened to it yet
0: Oh, nice.
1: I don't I don't remember which one it is, but I would yeah, 10 ten, listen to that. What is your go-to road snacks? Like I'm a snackosaurus rex. I like to I like snacks. So um what are your go-to road snacks?
0: Go-to road snacks. So I would say like beef jerky definitely up there. Um some sort of seltzer water is usually up there. Um, if I'm driving like to a show, there's usually like an energy drink involved or like a really good cold brew coffee, um, trail mix. That's another one that I'm really into. And if I'm feeling like I really need to get something sugary, uh, it's Sour Patch Kids all the way. Oh
1: yeah. Do you just get like the regular OG Sour Patch Kids or do you do like the little watermelons?
0: So I normally do the OG Sour Patch Kids unless they have, like, some interesting flavor. Like, they had one where it was, like, two kids fused together, and, like, one was sweet and one was sour, and
1: that was interesting to me. So I ate the whole bag, of course. <laughs> well, you can't really make a determination without eating the whole bag. Yeah,
0: you got to get a good sample size. You know, you think right? about, like, uh, like uh, what is it, Family Feud, right? They they talk to 100 different people to get those answers, so... And you're only eating one bag. Yeah, there's got to be a bird in there. Yeah, no, that
1: logical sense to me.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So who are your road buddies? Like, who do you travel with?
0: So usually it's um, Murdoch and B.A. Tatum are usually the guys that I drive with. Um, Every now and then, uh, my buddy Philly, who, so he and I got together. I've known him for like a long time. We worked together um, in retail, Um, but he and I got some money together and bought a ring a few years ago. And we like had it set up at his house for a while. And then we had it set up in a barn for a while. So we trained like a few people. Um, So he would come to shows with me, especially if I knew there was going to be like a battle Royal to be like, dude, you could just get in on this and just get tossed straight out. No problem. Um, And uh, he he's a good road buddy to have, but usually it's, You know, I'll drive to B.A. Tatum's and pick him up, and then we drive to Murdoch's and hop in Murdoch's car, and then Murdoch drives the rest of the way to whatever show. Usually, it's when we wrestle for um, Let's Wrestle up in Maine, which is a limitless, like, uh, affiliate, you know, group. So, it's a a lot of fun. They're great road buddies because we have, like, similar taste in music, and me and B.A. Tatum have a ridiculous amount of inside jokes, uh, to the point where sometimes it sounds like we're, you know, speaking our own language, and like no one understands it but us, and we're laughing our asses off, and it's tremendous.
1: So, you and B. A. Tatum were both part of the syndicate, right? On yeah. the, the road,
0: and Murdoch, some and me, our buddy Blade Bandit.
1: Some of the funniest things I have seen in wrestling, like I appreciate routinely, that. like cry laughing. That's awesome. Like so funny to me. <laughs>
0: So we we got that feedback a lot. And so like we, we put them all on YouTube and, you know, people can go and view them on YouTube. Um, but yeah, th- those were a lot of fun and they were challenging because a lot of them took place during COVID where like none of us are near each other. So like we did one where there was a Zoom call. So I would literally like type up like, hey, say something to the effect of this. And then pause. And so I would like have to type up like almost a script. But obviously, like I told them, you know, put your spin on it, but kind of say these things because everybody has to reply a certain way for it to make sense. And um, it was just a blast. But the, the one where we did the Zoom call, that one took like almost two and a half hours to edit. And I made all like the little graphics and little boxes and the little icons and like everything just to make this like look awesome. And it turned out pretty good. We had a really good time with it. It was a lot of fun.
1: I I, like that's and that's really how I came to know who you were was through um, watching the road with Limitless during COVID. Um, It was really a bright spot in my week. um, Yeah, that was a that
0: that was a great program. And and it was a huge spotlight for us. And I thank Randy all the time and appreciate Randy for letting us do that. And I remember um, it wasn't even like a, a planned thing, really we just kind of said like, Hey, like we have this promo, like, it, you know, will you, do you have a spot for it? And he says to me, he goes, look, I ain't going to do this, but if you send me one every week and it's good, I'll put it on. <laughs> so we're instantly like, I'm like, okay, guys, we should do something like this. Just record this and just record that. Um, so it was just, it was a blast. And we really got like creative, you know, juices flowing. I like doing the video editing stuff. And, you know, I like coming up with some of that funny content. And then, like, we kind of, if you watch all of them, they kind of, they tell a story about Blade Bandit trying to, like, kind of show up, you know, in the in the group. And he's trying to be in the group. And then him and B.A. Tatum have a match. And it was just awesome. There's actually a couple that were written that we never filmed that would have been really, really great. But we never filmed them. So it happens. <laughs>
1: I'm like, I need to see these things now. Like, you don't understand.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, out of all the road promos, I think there was like six or seven of them. What was your favorite one?
1: There was one. Any time you put B.A. Tatum with the banana phone, that that would get (laughs) me. (laughs) So
0: I'll let you in on a little inside baseball here, right? So the banana phone was only supposed to be like a one-time thing. I said to him, I said, wouldn't it be funny if every time someone calls, you pick up a different object? And he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. So we just have, and that'll be the gimmick, because they will be like, what's he going to answer with next? But then everyone popped over the banana phone, and I was like, okay, we got to do the banana. Like, that's just all there is to it. Banana phone is over. We're doing it.
1: Like, those, and I think there was one at, at an apartment that I really enjoyed. Was there? I'm trying to there was
0: a There was a hotel where we that might you, been we tricked Blade Bandit and we gave him like a physical key and there's like, and he's like, how do you put this thing in? And then I think it was either me or B.A. Tatum was like, that's what she said. And then he's like, I can hear you. <laughs> it was so funny. We had such a like, good time. That was the were, one time we got together to film. So, worked out.
1: Those were so funny to me. And like, especially during such like a dark and uncertain time. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Road from Limitless was like some of the only wrestling that was like fresh every week.
0: Yeah, consistent.
1: And to have those little promos mixed in, like your your guys' promo and then the promos with like Love Doug would always get me like cracking. Oh I Love up.
0: Doug is great, yeah.
1: And so like that was such like a like during like peak like COVID times, like that yeah. was like my one sense of normalcy, like this is the thing that I have every week.
0: Exactly, so it I gets you a little bit of to... routine, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, when everything was scary and uncertain, and things right. are still scary and uncertain, but less so now. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Did you see the the promo where Blade Bandit writes the letter to us, and then there's a rap song? <laughs> yes. Do you know who raps that song?
1: No. Owen oh, Brody shut
0: up yeah <laughs> i wrote and wrapped out that track it was so fun <laughs> <laughs> that's and we, awesome. we, kept it, we kept it a secret from everybody until i was done with it i just i text played bandit and i was like okay you gotta take video of you doing this and this and this and this and then i'll record this <laughs>
1: that's awesome you're so yeah. talented you do video I,
0: editing and you wrestle and you rap i know right i rap poorly (laughs) but it's fun
1: (laughs) you rap adequately
0: (laughs) thank you i appreciate that i'll I'll send you original stuff one day
1: (laughs) score um so what is your favorite city to wrestle in
0: favorite city so oh man okay so favorite city it would be just an overall favorite venue there's this um hole-in-the-wall bar called Gino's Rock Club in Portland, Maine. The first time that we were going there, I'll, I'll almost always, like, Google the place that we're going. And I looked this up, and all that was pictured was, like, the outside of it. I was like, well, this looks kind of weird, but I guess we'll see when I get there. And then I walk up, and I'm like, am I at the right place? Like, is, is wrestling happening here? Like, what's going on? And then I walk in, and, like, you walk into this bar, and it just kind of goes down. There's, like, stairs that – there's, like, you know, basically big stairs that go down to, like, where a mosh pit would be for a a band. And there's a stage, and the ring's, like, in the pit. And I was, like, okay, this is kind of cool. But then when the wrestling started, people were, like, going bananas, and you had to walk through the crowd to get to the ring. So, like, you know, and, you know, Larry Huntley is the one who runs runs there, and he's, like, you can say whatever you want. Like, you know, obviously – obviously no hate speech and stuff like that. But he's like, if you want to say the F word, go ahead, you know? So I'm like trying to figure out like what to do, you know? And like, you're walking through the crowd and like, I'm not a huge guy. Like I'm, I'm like five, nine, you know, I'm not big. So like my music's playing and people are like looking around and I'm like weaseling my way through the crowd. And so now I just, I go through and I, I push people, I push people out of the way and the, and I'm just like, get out of here. I got things to do. I got people to beat up, like whatever. And it's just a blast. The vibe is crazy. I've had, uh, I had somebody try to get in the ring one time and I said, look, I'm going to kick you in the face if you do that. And then he tried and I like put my foot towards him and I was like, I'm not playing. And, uh, I had someone throw a drink at me, uh, me and danger kid, uh, from MSP. We were doing like an angle where it was like a hair versus hair match. And obviously I don't have any hair. Um, so after he signed the contract that said like, you can't touch until, you know, then the match. I took my gum out of my mouth and he had no idea I was doing this pre-COVID too. I took my gum out of my mouth and I stuck it to his forehead. And then I see something out of the corner of my eye. And my first thought instantly is like, I hope this isn't glass. And all it was, was a cup. It was just a plastic cup and just ice all over me, but it was during the summer. So I was like, that feels pretty good. And I remember telling the ring announcer, I was like, hey, just give me the Iggy. If they like start to follow me out, because you have to walk back through the crowd and, like, I'm not going to know if someone's coming behind me. So there's some close calls there. We've had, like, texts. I've gotten a text that says, like, hey, come down to the ring. Like, you know, someone did this, and there's people getting mad. Like, okay. <laughs> but never any, like, real uh, issues. But it's such a great crowd. I wrestled there, actually, last Friday. It was a blast. Nice. Me like and that's. Uh, what's that? Uh, continue. Oh, me and um, Alexander Lee. Had a match there on uh, March 16th. So 316. And all we did were just Stone Cold Steve Austin spots. It was tremendous.
1: Did the crowd pick up on it or no?
0: Oh, yeah. The crowd did. <laughs> it was awesome. And and that's the thing with that crowd is like, I remember. Uh, so the last time I was there, I, I couldn't get them to like hate me at all. It's such a weird crowd because not they're usually not wrestling fans. They just walk in and they pay their cover. And then they're like, oh, there's there's wrestling tonight. So it's, like, interesting, and this guy, I don't know if you've seen him before, Flash Nick McKenna, very lovable, nice guy, and he comes out, and he does, like, the little heart thing, right? He's, like, a, like a, a lesser version of of love, love Doug, no offense to Flash Nick McKenna, but, you know, he's very lovey and, and, you know, does the thing, and usually people pop for him and people go crazy for him, and he'll do this spot where, at one point, you know, you whip him off, he reverses it, but pulls you in for a hug, and usually the crowd, like, laughs about it. Well, they were like, kind of, eh. They were they weren't really into it. Well, then I have him in the headlock. He shoots me off. I give him a tackle, and I yell at him, and I go, "That's how I hug, Mother Effer." And the crowd just popped. And I'm like, "We're not getting him back, brother. <laughs> we're not getting him back. They're not going to hate me tonight."
1: <laughs> Aw. It was it
0: was fun. But then there's other times too. Like they'll. I remember. Uh, I think it was me and Alexander Lee one a different time. I had them in a headlock, gave them a headlock takeover, and they popped huge for it. They they just like the noise. So if you, you know, chop somebody or take a bump, they're like, Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's fun, easy crowd to work in front of. That's definitely my favorite. Nice.
1: Yeah. It sounds like they're always receptive. Um, good or bad receptive, but receptive, and that's yeah. better than people that just sit there and do nothing. So Right
0: yeah yeah that's never never quiet there and you never really have to like work super hard to get a reaction you'll get a reaction sometimes you don't get the reaction that you want because they just they just see they see it as like there's two dudes fighting and like you can walk up and like flip them off and i remember telling one guy i was gonna steal his girlfriend or whatever and then he's like i don't even know this girl and i'm like all right well (laughs) i guess that didn't work
1: (laughs) already got her all (laughs) right (laughs) So who have been some of your favorite opponents over
0: the years? Uh, definitely uh, Danger Kid. Like me and him have had a lot of really fun matches. Um, he's one of my favorites. Alexander Lee is one of my favorites. Um, Blade Bandit, who's, you know, part of the syndicate now, but he, he's he been one of my favorite opponents. Uh, we've, you know, we actually, we trained together. Me, B.A. Tatum, and Blade Bandit trained together back at Steve's school. So we've known each other for years, and then we all kind of moved on and then we, you know, reconnected um, in Maine and then started, you know, we, got, we actually got Blade Bandit back into wrestling um, and I was his first match back. So we've had a lot of fun together. Um, Flash Nick McKenna is another one that's really fun to work with. It's funny because sometimes like he gets a little excited and he stiffed me like three times in matches and I keep telling him like, dude, I'm going to give you a receipt someday. And I'll tell him before a match, I'll go, "It might be tonight, brother, it might be tonight." So he gets a little nervous, but it's i I'm, I can never bring myself to do it because he's such a lovable guy. like I can never bring myself to be like, "Boom, that was for like February of 2017, pal. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, like if you do it, like you really do have to name like a specific like date and move that that oh, is yeah. a receipt for.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> Put off the list. <laughs> so what is your favorite move to take and what is your favorite move to give?
0: My favorite move to take easily is a headlock cuz it's nice and easy. <laughs> um no, actually I like to be honest it's weird, I'm not not a lot of people like even do it really that much it seems, but I like taking monkey flips because I can I can do them pretty good like you know i get pretty good height i get pretty good hang time um my favorite move to give i don't know i i do that i'm sure you saw it like i did it like every match on the road but that spiral suplex where like i sit on the corner and i spin down like kind of like a tornado suplex and I snap suplex them. That's probably my favorite move to give because it usually gives like a good reaction and it's kind of flashy without being really like difficult to pull off and I can pretty much do it to anybody. Um, that's probably my favorite move to give.
1: Do you have any dream matches that you haven't had yet in your career? Anybody off the top of your head that you're like, I would love to wrestle X, Y, or Z?
0: There are a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, like, I look at like a guy like Kevin Blackwood, like, man, that would be a good match. Like me and Kevin Blackwood wrestling would be awesome. Um, Another guy, Lee Moriarty, like, I would learn so much from him. It would just be awesome. So those two guys are would be on my list. I don't think. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not super confident. I think those are unattainable, but maybe someday it'll happen. Um, those are two guys and and i would actually it's funny as long as we've been around each other i have never wrestled anthony green and i think that would be a fun match
1: yeah hmm.
0: he refereed one of my matches back in the day one of my <laughs> matches that i thought was going to be my last match because i was moving from uh maine to new Hampshire, or sorry to yeah to new hampshire And I was like, I'm probably not going to come up and wrestle again, and I don't know anybody in Massachusetts at this point, so I'm probably done. This is probably my last match, but then, like, two months later I was back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of wrestlers talk about their last match. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course. Do you have any sort of, like, pre-match rituals? Um...
0: I pace a lot <laughs> and generally like four minutes before a match i'm like i gotta pee like damn um no matter what like i i i always have to like pee like right before the match um no like I uh, usually like if like if i got the match down i i usually you know put on headphones and jam out to a song and like you know get pumped up but for the most part i don't have like a set ritual it's usually like okay, I'm good to go. I'm feeling good about this. Let's put some headphones on a jam or I'll just pace back and forth or stretch and just, you know, but nothing, nothing where I say like, this is my thing. I do this before every match other than pee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it like, like when do you listen to like your pumped up playlist?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's uh there's a few songs like, um, You know, Walk by Pantera or Cowboys from Hell by Pantera is a good one or All Nightmare Long by Metallica. Like usually those will get me pumped up Um, or like I'll just listen to something that's just like a good beat, Um, like Moment of Clarity by Jay-Z. I don't know, like that song is not like really like a pumped up like song, but that gets me going. I don't know why, but it gets me going. So I, I listen to that one or Bonfire by Childish Gambino. Anybody who's heard that song knows it's a banger.
1: So what would be the most surprising song that, like on, on any of your playlists? Like the most surprising.
0: Uh you know what's funny? You ever seen that meme where it's got like the guy with the headphones in, he's looking all angry, and then it's got like what I'm listening to, and it's like something like random. Um, I would say like mine is probably because I was looking at like I don't I don't have Spotify, so I don't have the Spotify rap thing. I do like Apple Music. And Apple Music does like a really crappy version of it. And every year this time, I go, man, I should be listening to Spotify. But this <laughs> year, this year, two of my top artists were the guy who makes the Final Fantasy 7 soundtrack and the guy who makes the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack. Because those two, for some reason, like, I just really like listening to those. And I would listen to them in the gym, like, when I'm, like, on the Stairmaster. I don't know. It just, it did it. So that's probably the most surprising is the Final Fantasy 7 and the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack.
1: Yeah. That.
0: Does I surprised it, like, you I think I surprised yes, you, <laughs> you did. I,
1: I was expecting I don't I don't know what I was expecting but not that does it make you feel like when you're like working out or whatever like like it's your like I don't know how to put it, like your own like video game in your head kind of thing if that makes sense like I, I like, think like I
0: think it takes me out of like what I'm doing like especially cardio so like if I'm like you know on the treadmill or I'm on the stairmaster, like Especially those two games because Silent Hill Two was like a game I played a lot as a kid. Like I loved that game. I played inside and out, like over and over and over. So listening to that soundtrack, like I can see like what's happening in the game, like what cutscenes playing at the time. So it really just takes me out of the fact that like I gotta do the Stairmaster for twenty minutes. You know, it's just it takes me out of that moment. Um, and then you know, if I'm in that like groove, like even when I'm lifting, I'll still listen to it. Uh, but they're just really good. And sometimes, like, when I'm just doing stuff around the house, like, the Final Fantasy soundtrack is pretty calming. So I'll listen to that, too. Nice.
1: Yes. Yeah, that is surprising.
0: Good call. Yeah, I know, right?
1: <laughs> if you had an action figure of yourself, and it was one of, like, the ones that, like, said words and phrases, what would you want it to say and what accessories would it come with?
0: Oh, boy, what accessories would it come with? And uh, it would come with a pair of headphones, for sure, because I'm never too far away from headphones. I have a lot of headphones, um, kind of a problem. Um, And whenever there's, like, new headphones out, I'm like, ooh, I should find a reason to buy those. Um, So it definitely headphones would be my accessory. Um, What would it say? Hmm it'd have to say something like pal. Like, cause I say pal a lot, like originally it started out like, because the, you know, the, the Vince McMahon, like, Hey pal, like, you know, in the word live pal, like that, you know, funny uh, blip from the psycho Sid, you know, blooper. Um, so it'd have to be something like pal, like, you know, something like that. Uh, but yeah, that, that would definitely be like one of my phrases. I don't really have like a catchphrase. I think like, I didn't try hard enough to be honest. Like I, I remember like when I first, um, when I first was thinking of like catchphrases, I was like, say hello to the O bro. But then like, I would walk out and I'd say that. And then I'm like, eh.
1: <laughs> I think that's a bad phrase. It's not
0: terrible. It's not terrible. I mean, I might go on a shirt someday, but I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I can dig that. If you could create your own title, what would it be for and how would it be defended?
0: Oh, boy. So, like, before the, and this is funny, like, in my group chat with Murdoch and Blade Bandit and B.A. Tatum, we're all in a group chat together, Aww. Um, which it's funny because, like, on the Syndicate promos, there's, like, a ton of inside jokes that, like, we we'll go, ha, we pop out. Like, if you watch those promos with us, we'll laugh at really, like, weird parts and you'll just be like oh what's that it's not even anything but it's just an inside joke to pop ourselves um but yeah like uh i forgot the question what are we talking about here sorry if
1: you could create your own title what would it be yes how would it be defended
0: so we thought of like a 24 7 title kind of before they they announced it on wwe like obviously the hardcore title was kind of like that back in the day But we were like, wouldn't it be cool if you just had a belt that like you could defend at indie shows and the person holding it would like decide like, okay, like I'm going to drop it to this guy and then they're going to drop it to that guy and it would just go around. And then it's kind of like, you know, it would be kind of cool, but we didn't really come up with a name for it. I think it was mostly Murdoch who was coming up with it. Um, But I thought that would be kind of a cool idea for like the indies, just something that kind of travels around. Um, I know like we have the independent wrestling, you know, TV title and all that. And then other people are doing like internet titles or uh, social media titles and, and that kind of thing. But I would probably say like, if I could, if someone said, here's an unlimited amount of money, make a belt and, and you have to do it. Uh, I would say it would have to be like, there would have to be some sort of battle wrapping involved. Cause I think that would be kind of fun where like you had to battle rap to the ring and then you fought, you know, and Maybe maybe there's a break and then more battle rapping. I don't know. But uh, I think that would be kind of cool, like a promo championship or something.
1: That would be kind of, that, yeah. that would be different, yeah. It would, it would. Plus, it's like, then you know, like, you would have to have some battle rap skills in order to right. win it.
0: Or at least promo skills. Like, you yeah. know, I think there's a lot of good promos out there. So I think it would be interesting. But if there's a market for it, you know, that's what you got to find out. If there's a market for people watching guys just do promos. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think there is. I'll be honest about it. I think if you get the right people that can actually do really fun and interesting promos, that there would, I think that that would be a thing that could occur.
0: Yeah, well, maybe
1: someday someone
0: will be like, hey, I got all this money. I'm looking to burn it. And I want you to make a title for independent wrestling. And I'll say, Hey, I got one loaded up for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you guess? (laughs) (laughs) So other than your gear and your phone, what do you not leave for a wrestling trip without like, you know, like wallet, normal stuff,
0: definitely headphones. Um, Sometimes I have more than one pair and I don't realize it because my, my, uh, AirPods I just instinctively put in my pocket so I always have those on me and then usually like I have some sort of over-ear headphones with noise canceling so I can block out everybody if I really need to like get in the zone um those two are definitely something um I mean a towel to like dry off with like after like that's a good thing to have deodorant is usually a good thing to have um some sort of thing to make me smell good uh (laughs) gum I need gum. Like I have to chew gum before I like go out to a match or my mouth gets wicked dry. So yeah, those things would be pretty, pretty good.
1: What's your go-to gum flavor?
0: You know, for the longest time, I do like the, uh, the peppermint um, trident white. I really like it. And every now and then like, I won't find it and I'll get like the spearmint kind and I regret it. But I would say like the trident white peppermint is like my, my go-to. What about yours? What's your go-to gum flavor?
1: I'm a spearmint gal. Yeah.
0: Oh, there you go. Look at that.
1: Usually um, spearmint extra, or if I can find the spearmint five.
0: Yeah. The uh, What's the five that's the blue wrapper? Is that a
1: peppermint one? I think so.
0: Because that's really good.
1: I think that's uh. a peppermint one. Government.
0: If I if I get like the big like sticks of gum, that's like that's too much gum. I have to have like the little the little squares. That's the perfect amount of gum for me.
1: I chew a third of a stick.
0: See, there you go. There you <laughs> I go.
1: Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited.
0: <laughs> we see eye to yeah. eye on that one, right?
1: I'm like I'm like between a third and a half of a stick of gum. Yeah. Like otherwise, it's just too much in my mouth, and I just, exactly. there's just no need.
0: Yeah, it doesn't serve its purpose
1: right and like like a whole piece of like like bubble yum or something like get out of
0: town that's way too
1: much gum in my mouth
0: totally but as a kid i was like this is the best thing ever right
1: right i'm gonna eat all these at once
0: yeah oh man and that fruit stripe gum did you ever have fruit stripe gum oh with the zebra
1: it lasts the whole
0: 35 seconds (laughs) and then it was like chewing on cardboard (laughs)
1: <laughs> just, yeah, it's tasty for about 14 seconds and then uh, yeah.
0: yeah I might be generous with the 37 there
1: <laughs> and then it's like well it looks like I gotta get a new piece that's yeah. I was like that's how they sell so much fruit stripe
0: yeah. how do you chew the whole pack in a day? <laughs> pal? it's got 5 minutes worth of gum in there come on
1: right? <laughs> it's just like you're chomping it starts falling apart in your mouth tastes yeah. like nothing yeah can't Mm-mm. My attention span is short, but it's not that short, so.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so glad I found another half sticker. Like, Yeah,
0: for sure. Like, if someone gives me a full stick of gum, it's like, pow, take the other half. Like, you can have it.
1: Like, oh, come <laughs> for now and come for later. Like, right? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Why are you putting that in your wrist tape? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's so funny to me. Thank you. (laughs) So what is the weirdest request you've gotten from a fan as a wrestler that you can tell me about? You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, Weirdest request. Hmm. I feel like I remember there was a time where I was like, no, and I walked away, but I don't remember what it was. So it must have been traumatizing, and I just locked it out. <laughs> locked it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think I've gotten any like super weird requests. I mean, obviously, people want you know sign yeah. stuff. I remember the first time I got asked for an autograph though, and <laughs> I remember looking down, and BA Tatum standing next to me, and I look at him, and I go, "Pal, I ain't ever signed this thing before." <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, big O, a couple squiggles, big B, a couple squiggles, little tail for the Y, and then uh, (laughs) I decided after that, like, I'd probably practice.
1: (laughs) So, do you have, like, a standard, like, go-to, like, autograph the E's, like?
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of, like, you know, I did that, I was like, oh, wow, like, and then I'm thinking, like, I should have, like, I should be able to just do it, you know, and So I practiced and I remember I had a notebook and I tweaked it a little bit. And I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of like how this looks. All right. I mean, it still doesn't look the same every time, but it's, uh, I got like a general rhythm. So yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. I like, I've never thought about that before that you would have to like.
0: I didn't until this kid was like, will you sign this for me? And I'm like, pal, I would sign this name ever. I'm glad that I could pop you with that, though. It's a funny story. It takes me back.
1: So, um, usually, um, approximately once an in interview, somebody will say something that's funny enough to me that that happens. So, awesome. congratulations. Yes.
0: Mission accomplished.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think I signed this name ever. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny to me, but it absolutely was brilliant. I suppose I was like, if it's not your real name and I've caught that it isn't like, yeah, why would you have ever signed it? Like-
0: right. There was one time, uh, cause uh, Larry Huntley for a while, if you like pre pre bought a ticket, like you got like a signed poster. So he would know like, okay, we had like 20 pre-sales, like you print off 20 posters. So he'd have us all sign them. And I remember I signed my real name and I was like, Oh, whoops. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's all right. I didn't sign over my face. on like, my picture wasn't on the, on the things. So I was like, Oh, well. Let's go to another one.
1: <laughs> I'll do better next time. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, they won't know. They're not going to match them up.
1: I wonder if that fan, like, still has it and is like, and never I found never found out who it was.
0: Right? They're watching right now, and they're like, that's who this is. And then they're going to decode it and find my real name. That'd be interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they found me.
1: No, not this time. Oh, no. So, what is the wrestling word that you use most outside of wrestling?
0: Uh, I mean, we gotta we gotta take brother out of it because brother, I think everybody uses um, probably gimmick. like I can't tell you how many times I've been like, yeah, little you know the little gimmick that does this, and like even my employees will look at me and be like, the gimmick that does, you know the thing, the thing, the thing. <laughs> so yeah, I would say gimmick is probably the word that uh That I use the most. Um, I can't really think of any other ones. Uh, Yeah, gimmick, definitely. Definitely. Other than brother.
1: (laughs) So, most, when I ask that question, most wrestlers do indeed say gimmick.
0: Do they really?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Well, I, you know, it makes sense. We use it a lot.
1: Like mine is popped. Oh, like, oh, that popped me. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah,
0: I use that a lot too. Use that a lot.
1: Like, I'm not in wrestling, but I've been involved in my local scene for, like, 10 years. And so, it's, like, all of my local friends, for the most part, are in wrestling as wrestlers. And it's, like, it's, like, it's so weird. Just, like, the things you pick up on just by being around it all the time. Right. And I always wonder, like, if other people hear the things that I say, what do they think I'm talking about?
0: (laughs) Right? Oh, man, yeah, there's so many weird, like, wrestling terms that it's like, oh, like, yeah, I can imagine what goes through people's minds when they hear us talk, and we're really, really shooting out the real inside mm-hmm. words.
1: <laughs> right? Is that a shooter or a word, brother? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: Oh, I used kayfabe one time, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was trying to see if you want to hang up, and they kayfabe me. And I remember one of my buddies was like, he he did he did what? <laughs> K Fabe wasn't that a wasn't that a toy store? like no brother, that's KB brother K Fabe <laughs> <laughs> <Aww.
1: laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we kind of touched on it earlier, but as a wrestler you have to travel to go to shows and do fun travel things. Um, there's usually at least one really good travel story. Either something that happened that was really funny or, like, really exciting. But, like, what is your best travel story? And if you need to, like, change any names or places identifying information to save innocent parties, by all means.
0: Oh, man. So I am very good at pranks. Okay. Very good. I am elaborate. I pre-plan. I plant seeds. So I remember we were driving, I think it was to Portland for a Gino show. It might've it might been a different a different venue actually. Now I think of it, because I'm trying to think, we're trying to remember who exactly was in the car with me. Um, we were driving and I remember saying, hey, remember this uh, exit right here? Because by the time we get back, I'm going to need gas. So we'll stop at that, that exit. So I plant the seed that, hey, we're going to need gas at some point. So we drive, we go to the show, we're driving home and I'm like, Hey buddy, you remember that that exit number that we're going to need to get off of? It had the gas station like right off of it. And he's like, Oh yeah, I think it was nine, seven, nine, seven, maybe. And I was like, yeah, in my head I go, I know it's seven so I stop there every time. So I'm like, yeah, like when well, my gas light just came on, so, you know, it's going to be a little bit like, hopefully we make it there. And they're like, Oh, okay. Okay. So we get to the off ramp. And I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I go, I didn't time it right. We're out of gas. I'm like, I'm like yelling to the car in front of me. Go, go, don't, don't break, don't break. And I'm like, I hope this light doesn't turn red. Just a little bit of like a, a downhill. So the light turns red and I'm like, I gotta stop. I'm like, I gotta stop. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, guys, the gas station's right over there. Like you two get out of the back seat and push. So they're like, okay, cool. And I remember a car started coming up behind us and my buddy's like, waving them by like you know and he's like all right yeah and he's like directing traffic and he's waves the couple cars by and then they're like okay you ready I go yeah yeah I think so and they start to push and as they start to push I just drive off and left them there <laughs> little did I know and I felt really bad about this but a buddy of mine put his back to the car to push and he <laughs> fell over and I was like oh man I feel like a jerk and I remember I was laughing so hard with my buddy Matt, who was in the passenger seat, he was there, and I'm laughing so hard that I kind of, like, forgot to stop, and I'm like, oh, man, so then I'm like, I pulled over on the side of the road, and they're just running down the exit ramp, and they're like, you son of a gun, because, I mean, you could see that the, the gas light had turned on, but they couldn't quite, they either couldn't quite see how low I was. I mean, I was I was pretty low, but I know my car. You know, everyone says that they know their car, so and I knew that they were out of gas. Enough, now. Yeah, I knew I knew I had enough gas to get there. But I thought it was pretty nice of them that they were very willing to just hop out and push. And it wasn't like warm out either. It was it was pretty cold. <laughs> That's one of my favorite road stories.
1: Nice. Yeah. That so did they continue to ride with you after that like or was oh yeah this their last time with you
0: no. oh they do they do and every time they think about every time we drive by that exit they go oh, remember that time man <laughs> <laughs> so we reminisce about it it's a good time
1: that's a good rib
0: <laughs> oh it, yeah i have a few of them
1: <laughs> any others you would be willing to share
0: uh it's not that's
1: fine too (laughs)
0: i mean there's little ones here and there like uh so flash nick mckenna the kid that i told you about that i wrestled and, and enjoy wrestling he gets very like nervous about the match and i'm very much the type that's like okay we'll do this and then maybe we'll do this and oh if you're in this part of the ring and it's during the heat i might do this to you and like then you know we'll do this and then we'll hit the finish i'm not like a okay i'm gonna kick you and then you're gonna kick me back and like blah 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 one two three you know I'm very loosey goosey with it but flash is like we we gotta go step by step so we'll do it and and I'll humor him and and we'll do it his musical hit and right before he goes out I'll tap him on the shoulder and be like dude I, I forgot what's the what's the finish and he'll be like because ah, ah, he's gotta hit his music at like the right time and then he'll run out and then we'll tie up and I'll be like don't worry, brother, I got it. And like, you know, ease him. Cause if not, he'll be off the whole match, but it's always just a fun little thing. Or I'll walk up to like somebody, especially if it's like people I don't know, I'll hear them call something where they're like, all right, yeah. And then you're going to come off and do the arm drag. And I'll be like, oh yeah, arm drag. What match are you? And they'll be like, oh, we're match four. Oh, well I'm match three. And we're doing that same thing right before you. So you might want to change that up a little bit. <laughs> so I'm a nuisance sometimes to some new guys, but then I, you know, I let them know, like I'm just messing with them. But there's been times where like, I've uh, I've had you know people think that uh, they're gonna win matches or they're gonna interfere in matches. Um, I, I, it's I've had people say like, you know I've had people convinced they're gonna be my tag team partner, and it's like you gotta you gotta bring your gear, brother. Like go home and get your gear. Go to go to Kohl's and go buy some stuff. You gotta wrestle tonight. So it's just fun stuff, especially the new guys. Love messing with the new guys.
1: So you're a bit of a prankster then. Yes.
0: Yes. I had a really good one done to me. I can tell you that one. And Ah. I I literally was almost in tears. And I thought that I was done for good. And this was pretty early on in my career. I was like the, I want to say it was the second or third show that I'd worked for Maverick Wild. I go do my match. I come back and this guy comes up to me and he goes, man, my neck's really bothering me. And I go, yeah, you bump wrong or something. Or like, what's going on? It's just really painful. Um, do you, do you have anything? And I go, I, I think I have ibuprofen in my car. I usually keep like ibuprofen. It's not man. Like something stronger. And I go, no, I don't. I'm sorry, man. And I'm naive to like all this stuff. Right. And I'm I'm, also like a wicked straight edge kid. So like, you know, and I have been my whole life. So you know, I, I didn't think he was asking for, like, pills, pills. And he's like, uh, I heard you were the guy. And I go, the ibuprofen guy? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, ooh, Mr. Ibuprofen over there. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, I thought we were cool. And he walks away. And I look at B.A. Tatum, and I'm like, this is weird. So I'm sitting there, show's going on. Another guy comes up. he goes hey man he goes my back's really screwed up and i'm like this is weird and he goes you got anything that might i don't know relax my muscles and i'm like no like i have like ibuprofen like i don't know like i don't have anything this is before like massage guns were a thing you know So I'm like, I I, I don't know. I'm like, this is weird because you're the second guy that's asked me. He's like, oh, did someone already get your stash? And I'm like, no, like, I don't know what you're talking about. So he goes, I heard you were the guy. I go, dude, I'm I'm not the guy. (laughs) So then I'm starting to get nervous because I'm like, why are people asking me this? So I'm like, what is going on? And I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, no big deal. Another guy comes up, man oh man, my back. And I go, dude, I'm not the guy. Like, I don't know. Who's telling you to come to me? And I'm getting like somewhat heated. I'm like, who's telling you to come to me? It's like, it's fine. It's fine, man. It's fine. Jeez. And he goes and sits down. Well, then I hear Maverick Wild screaming. What? this mother effort, bringing drugs in my locker room. He starts charging me and people are holding him back and he's screaming and like Maverick's an intimidating guy. And I'm like, dude, no, not me, man. I don't know what's going on. And then, so like they pull him away. And me being like, I want to resolve the problem. I'm like, dude, you know, let me, let me just go talk to him. And they're like, dude, if you go talk to him, he's going to smash your face in. I'm like, Oh man. And Maverick, as he's getting pulled away, they're literally pulling him outside the venue He's never going to work in this town again. He's never going to work in wrestling ever. He's done. He's finished. And I'm like sitting there. I'm like almost in tears because I'm like, oh it's not a I don't know. So I'm like asking BA, I'm like, dude, if you heard anything, like, if, has anyone said anything to you like about it? Like, are they asking you these questions? And he's like, no, no. I mean, I don't, I still, to this day, don't know if he was in on it. I don't think he was. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh man. Okay. And so then uh, at the end of the night, the baby face was winning the title. So they sent all the baby faces out. I was a baby face at the time. They sent all the baby faces out to congratulate him. And I remember I'm just walking out just like, because I was just so like, this is, I don't know what's happening. I come out back and there's Maverick standing over my bag. And he goes, is this your bag? And I go, yes, sir. And he goes, okay. And I go, you're you're." Free to look in it if, you, if you'd like. I mean, you can also look in my car, um, whatever you want. He reaches in my bag and pulls out a bottle of pills. And I'm like, those aren't mine. And he goes, yeah, well, then whose are they? Whose are they? And he's screaming at me. and Everyone in the locker room is like, oh, no. And he goes, look, there's only one way to solve this. And he looks at the label and he goes, oh, these are mine. And then walks away. And I'm literally like, what just happened? And then Joey Eastman, of all people, walks up to me and he's like, welcome to the business, kid, and shakes my hand. And then everyone, like, shakes my hand and hugs me. And it was like, I was welcome to the family at that point. But, oh, boy, was I scared. I thought, I'm done wrestling. I'll be surprised if I don't get my ass kicked tonight. And everyone thinks I'm a drug dealer now. What's going on? Every now and then Maverick will text me and be like, got any good pills, kid? Like, oh, mav.
1: Oh, my gosh. I I mean, I would have also been flipping out because.
0: Oh, I was like peeing my pants. It was bad. (laughs)
1: Like, I am the ibuprofen girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I got that. But I also don't do anything else either. Right and i'm just like i'm so like just dumb to it like yeah i I at first had no clue i was
0: like i don't know what he's asking for like i don't know what's what's do they make like ibuprofen extra strength i don't know i don't have
1: that i got the basic stuff (laughs) (laughs) i got the regular you know yeah just regular
0: old (laughs) ibuprofen not
1: me with the 1000 tablet bottle but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I would have been flipping out. So yeah, I was that's great I was though. <laughs> yeah. I was crying. So outside of wrestling, like what what are your hobbies? What do you enjoy doing that isn't wrestling?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm a big video game fan. Um, I sometimes stream on Twitch. I tried to like somewhat get serious with it. And like I bought some stuff and I was like, I'm gonna do this. And then I I'm just not consistent enough. But video games have always been a big thing for me. I've always loved video games um that's a big thing obviously you know i've have, I have two little girls, so hanging out with them and doing cool stuff with them is like another one of my hobbies um and then, yeah, like watching movies, hanging out, working out that kind of stuff, listening to music i mean that's that's my big my big hobbies for sure
1: so what was your first console, and what is like your your favorite? <clears throat>
0: great questions love them my first console is actually the original nintendo and i'll never forget that christmas because we came downstairs me and my brother and my parents had bought us um, these little tents and all that was in front of the tree were these tents and inside the tents were all of our presents and it was like the coolest thing and i remember that There was, we unwrapped all the presents and everything. And then my parents brought out this other box and they were like, hey, there's one more. And I was like, oh my God, you know? And it was a Nintendo. Super pumped about it. Um, And then like me me and my brother wanted to sleep in the tents that night. And I remember that uh, I got sick and like threw up all all over the inside of the tent. And that was like the only time I ever slept in it. (laughs) <laughs> that's why I don't like between the the, the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, and uh, the puking all over the tent. I remember that Christmas very vividly. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> I know, right? My poor mom, she's been through so much with me. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my most favorite console, oh, that's tough. Because I think about like the Nintendo 64. I had so much fun with my parents would play games too which was great because like it was never a struggle to be like oh the new game came out mom like can we get it usually my parents were like hey there's a new game out like let's go get it we'll play it together as a family like that was you know our thing and i remember yeah i remember us playing like uh we would play golden eye and i remember the first time like that we played or well i don't think it was the first time but you could pl- pick different characters and some of the characters were like um NPCs in like the actual game itself and we were doing the cave level and I was like okay in the cave level in the story mode there's little scientists that run around and if you shoot them like you get in trouble so we're playing my, my mom's playing and my stepdad's playing and me and my brother are playing and I told my mom I go hey I go if you see a scientist don't shoot him meanwhile I'm playing as a scientist she didn't know I'm like don't shoot him because then you'll get killed immediately so she comes around a corner and she goes, oh, I almost shot the scientist. I'm like, I know, bam. And then she's like, what? So we joke about that a lot too, about <laughs> that uh, that scientist thing. So I have a lot of fond memories of the Nintendo 64. And that's when like the best wrestling games came out, which I spent hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of playing. Uh, so I would have to say that's, it's it's so tough though, because PlayStation 2, PlayStation, like, I mean, I've had them all, like, I mean, you can't I don't think you can see it, but I have my Xbox Series X and my PS5 and over here I have my Nintendo Switch like I I'm such a big gaming nerd that like I play them all I would say right now my favorite is probably the Nintendo Switch because I can just pick it up and take it with me and play and it's got a lot of cool games on it and I'm a big nerd. So, it's another one of those things where, like, I got the headphones on and they're like, oh, he's probably, like, playing some shooter games, shooting some people. He's looking real intense. Meanwhile, I'm playing, like, Pokemon Shield. <laughs> I'm, like, catching Pokemon. <laughs> What's
1: your favorite Pokemon?
0: Um, I've always been, like, it's very basic. I've been a Charmander fan. Like, I think Charmander is, like, adorable. And I've always, like, favored Fire Pokemon. and um, Pokemon Sword, I picked um the bunny i forget his name score bunny i think was what he was originally i forget as it went on i mean i played it so long ago but um but yeah i've always liked the fire type pokemon and then um onyx the big rock like snake i always thought he was cool but i never really use him because i feel like he's not that good of a pokemon but maybe i just don't know how to use him. i don't know but i loved the cartoon as a kid too that was the coolest cartoon I'm a big I... nerd, Val. I'm a big nerd. What can I say? <laughs> like I'm outing
1: you as a big nerd exactly so you didn't be like, know. Oh, that big nerd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, my well, switch is another thing I bring to shows with me, too, but I usually leave it in my bag because I bring it in anticipation of playing and then hardly ever do. <laughs> well,
1: you never know when you might you never know need to play it, so.
0: One time, me and B.A. Tatum played Broforce, which Broforce is a tremendous game. You should check it out. It's bloody, terrible graphics, but it's all 80s and 90s and 2000s action heroes, but their names have been replaced with Bro. So, like, instead of the Terminator, it's the Brominator, and it's, like, this streaming voice that's like, Brominator! And it's, it's awesome. But we were having a blast playing that in the locker room, and Tony Atlas was there, and he was like, boy, what you guys playing? And he was just like... Why are you guys looking at that little TV? We are having so much fun. It was a good time.
1: That sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Are you why are guys fun. looking at that little TV? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it absolutely is. So, it, what if you could go back in time, like what would you tell a 10 year old version of yourself?
0: I would tell a 10 year old version of myself that uh, nothing is unattainable as long as you you know try for it and put yourself in the right place at the right time and just go out and get it and you never know if it is the right place or right time but if you don't go out and try to be in places you're never going to know if it's the right place or the right time so just be open and go do things and don't be scared and don't hold yourself back that's what I would tell 10 year old me
1: So a couple of um fun questions, random questions. Not that yeah. the other questions I've asked haven't been random, but these are especially so. I like it. And then um, and then we'll probably go to uh lightning round, questions from the chat, and then wrap up. So cool. You don't have to spend any more of your night talking to me. <laughs>
0: I'm having a really good time, Val. I'm, I'm telling you, I was gonna have a blast, and I am.
1: You are too kind. Uh <laughs> so this is a shout out kind of to Twitter Spaces that's kind of where the question came from. I spent a lot of time in Twitter Spaces and made a lot of really cool friends and connections through it. Cool. Um so shout out to them. What is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands, no weapons?
0: Biggest animal I could take in a fight. Uh, oh man.
1: You could pretend it was attacking you, so you're not like just jumping <laughs> a random animal.
0: Okay, cool. I was thinking, I was like, man, I love animals. But like, you know, and I'm trying to think like, have I ever had to take an animal out in a fight? I don't think so. I do have a rooster that tried to attack me once and I just gave him a little boot to the chest, just a little lifter and just told him, hey, that's a funny story. I'll tell you that one offline. Um, So the biggest animal I could take in a fight. Hmm. That's a very good question. I would think like, if I was strategic enough, maybe an elephant, because I feel like maybe I could outrun them. But then I'm like, I don't know how fast an elephant can really move, but maybe I could outmaneuver them enough to where it's like, I don't know. That's a really tough question.
1: And I'd be worried about an elephant like squashing me.
0: Yeah, I know. Right. I guess it depends on what equipment I have. And like
1: you have yeah. no weapons. It's just your hands.
0: They're right. No weapons. That's right. It's just my hands. So, yeah, definitely not an elephant then. Definitely not an elephant. Biggest one with just my hands. I don't know. I think it would be one that I would have to convince that was my friend and then just, just quick, quick do it and just be like, I'm I'm better than you now. I'm the king of the jungle now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I get a lot of people saying bear or dog.
0: Okay. Bear is scary. Like bear with my yeah, bare f- hands. Like no way. I see a bear twenty feet away, and I'm in my car. I'm switching lanes, like I'm I'm going a different route. That ain't happening.
1: Yeah, I'm not missing a bear. bear. No way.
0: A dog, a dog, probably. But that would be another one where I'm like, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. (laughs) Neck (laughs) snap. If I had to, if they were like, look, you got to kill that dog, or we're gonna kill you. Like, well, it's me or him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel you. So um, how do you usually take your pancakes? Are you Ooh. just a butter and syrup guy? Do you like fancy pancakes? Like go wild.
0: I like fancy pancakes. Like nice. pancakes with like banana slices in them. That's really good. Um, one time we made pancakes, uh, pancakes, sorry, with uh, bacon in them. Like, so you made the bacon and then you kind of crisscrossed. So the bacon is like an x that was pretty cool. Um, but then just syrup on them. Yeah, I'm just a syrup guy. But yeah, it's gotta have some sort of flavor.
1: Yeah, no. Okay, that's that's legit. Yeah. And now I'm so like we're gonna go on like a little journey. So like cool. Take take the journey with me. So imagine if you will, you're in a store and you're hungry. And you think to yourself, I want something sweet. Um, So you're kind of meandering around me down the cookie aisle. And you're like, cookies are great. I love cookies. Let's have some cookies. And you go and there's, you know, all kinds of cookies. But you want America's favorite cookie, which is in this case an Oreo. And you just want like the regular like chocolate cookie, like white cream, Oreo, not any of the fancy flavors. So you eschew all of the flavors. But you get to the regular chocolate cookie, white cream Oreo, but you still have options, right? Like there's still options. So you can get either like the thin ones that have like the thin cookie, with like just the, just the thin amount of filling. Or you can get like your regular Oreo, you know, just your generic, like, or you can get like a double stuffed Oreo, which has like double the stuff. Which are you picking?
0: I'm definitely going double stuff. go big or go home at that point like if i'm in a store and i'm hungry and i'm like man i want cookies i'm getting double stuff
1: hell yeah that is the unofficial correct answer to the question yes so you found favor with us now
0: fantastic (laughs) double stuff all the way
1: hell yeah and now i'm going to defer to chris
2: yes we'll continue We're the interview only in the because we got double stuff yes yeah, we got double stuff we can continue the interview uh great great time so far uh, we have some questions from the chat uh, we'll start Sweet. with with the captain captain chuckles who's been throwing bits all night thank you captain for all those bits you've thrown um
0: what is your setup like for twitch and streaming? So, yeah, so my setup, thanks. That's a cool question. My setup's pretty basic. Like, I just have um, a, uh, I got a really good deal on a Mac. So that's kind of how it started. It's like, okay, I have a laptop now. Maybe I should get some stuff. Um, And then I got like the Elgato HD60S Plus. I think there's a plus in there. There's got to be, there's a plus in everything now um and that's pretty much what i got and then i have uh, obviously the microphone i'm on right now which is the blue yeti the og blue yeti i've had this thing forever and it's done such a good job for me um and then yeah everything that you see behind me these lights behind me actually um, you can't really see them on my twitch stream because obviously my twitch stream is looking the opposite way to a wall that is currently blank but will be cool looking um But my lights actually change color based on what's on the screen, or I can assign a color. So tonight I assign purple, but I can normally have a say, like, if the screen's all red, it would be lit up red. Or if there's like a green thing flying by, they would, you know, switch from, you know, green to whatever. It's really neat. So it kind of immerses you into uh, whatever you're playing, which is kind of cool.
2: That is really cool and really high tech. That's so
1: fancy. Yeah, right.
2: super fancy.
1: Thanks.
0: I appreciate that.
2: Uh, the captain liked your answer so much. He dropped another thousand bits in the chat. So thank you. Hey, <laughs> Awesome, man. He's going big tonight. I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah, we'll we'll take it. We'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to drop in a question. And there's sure. other questions here too, but I noticed a lot of stuff hanging on the wall behind you. I noticed yes. some pops back there. Some other little, little mini macho man figure back there. What's your most
0: interesting collectible that you have? What is the most interesting? Ah, uh, I mean, I got like a bunch of random figures. I would say the uh, you can't. I don't know if you can really see it, but right above me, there's the defining moments: Macho Man Randy Savage WrestleMania seven figure that I really like. Um, there's a Darth Vader figure that I guess you can only get at disney i think my wife got it for me for my birthday um and it was awesome um i actually have a poster which you can't see it's up above but it's kind of neat it says uh the evolution of a video game controller and it has all the video game controllers all the way up to uh the playstation 5 actually and that's kind of cool so it's kind of hanging up on my wall there's another uh, a great gift that i got given to me
2: very cool all right, so uh, Chuckles is back with what is this Mega Man Macho Man song? We we need to hear more about this song where he can go find it. And I think he's very interested in just listening
0: to that song. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's just a graphic. That's just the graphic that I used. It's um it's oh. let me see if I can find it on my phone. So if I can if I can pull it right up. let me see. Let me go to my pumped up playlist. So it's is- a
2: graphic for the playlist.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's actually it's Macho Man. I don't know if you can see this. It's Macho Man and Hogan. Says the Mega Powers.
1: Oh. Oh.
2: There it is. There it is. It, it's well. starting to start to clear up. There it is. Yes, it's clear. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, no, uh Macho Man did have a rap album and I probably have that on here. Um every now and then I will say be a man Hogan and uh anyone who's ever heard the be a man Hulk song um, knows what I'm talking about so if like someone's not doing something they should do or they're scared to do something I'll say be a man Hogan I'll have to find that That's
1: awesome. <laughs>
0: that, that Mega Man thing
2: I'm a big Macho Man fan so that is awesome yeah um, me
0: too I have a ton of Macho Man
2: stuff yeah I got a lot of Funkos surrounding me right now but we'll, we'll get to that another time uh, awesome. so VIP Vic in the chat in some bits tonight thank you Vic as usual um so Vic wants to know this was this was interesting I had to phrase this the right way when do you find yourself kind of turning it on or off when it comes to kayfabe do you are you are you a certain way at the merch table if you're just walking around you know, meeting people how do you turn it on and off or when do you find yourself turning it on off
0: um pretty much honestly like as soon as as soon as the fans start showing up at the building, I'm, I'm Owen Brody, or as soon as I start talking about my match, I'm Owen Brody and it's, it's on. And then, you know, there's times where like, um, for example, so I was talking about Geno's. So Geno's is very, very tight that, that venue. Um, So there's literally fans at the ring. It's like similar to like a beyond show where the fans are like right up next to the ring, but like, they don't have anywhere else to go. So uh we were doing um a lumberjack match this past weekend and i looked behind me and there was just this girl like behind me and i don't think she really knew that like she needed to move so i was like what are you doing are you a lumberjack and she like looked kind of scared and she's like no and then ran off and then so like i was like oh okay like so then i went over to her and i was like hey like just a heads up like i just didn't want you to get hurt like i don't want anybody landing on you Aww. like sorry i didn't mean to scare you or nothing so sometimes you have those moments um but for the most part like i turn it on like right when i get there once i start thinking about what my match is going to be you know um who my I, who i'm working at the at the night um and start kind of putting together the story pieces of what i'm doing like i'm in the zone at that point
2: big thanks, you're a sweet guy oh
0: thanks does. thanks <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so we're going back to gum. You guys talked about gum for a little bit. And yes. Vic just wants to know, is there a specific reason why maybe not only yourself, but wrestlers in general chew gum during matches?
0: A lot of times. So there's, there's a couple things. So one of them, which I don't really use a whole lot, but um, one wrestler, Johnny Vegas, actually, was the one who told me this. When he chews gum in the ring, he can call spots to other wrestlers and as long as it's in the cadence in which he's normally chewing, you can't really tell. So it kind of helps mask that a little bit. I've always used it so that I don't get dry mouth. It's, it's helped me like, you know, not get dry mouth in a match because as soon as I get dry mouth and I start getting blown up and it's like, ah, but uh, sometimes also too, like, I feel like if, if I'm trying to portray being like an arrogant prick, if I'm just like chomping on my gum, like a jerk, that kind of adds to the aesthetic. Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, we had Cody Blaze hanging out in the chat, and Cody oh, Blaze, I know him. yeah, Cody Blaze would uh, like to call you out and say that you chew bubblelicious. I mean, that's number one.
0: I he may have seen me chew bubblelicious because my six-year-old daughter was probably like, "Daddy, chew this gum," and I did it. <laughs> that's my brother, by the way, Cody Blaze. Look at that guy.
2: He he. Uh, uh, He said that in the chatty, he called himself out on that. Uh, He also has one more question that he just dropped in late. Uh, He wants to know, what is one of your
0: favorite? One of my favorite matches? um, Probably... uh... Owen Brody versus Cody Blaze, probably 1992 in the backyard, where I finished him with our sharpshooter brother. <laughs> um, honestly, <laughs> the, the real answer, one of my favorite matches probably is um, me and B.A. Tatum against Boomer Hatfield and Big Calix on the road. Um, we we had such a good time in that tag match, and we got to do some really fun stuff. And it was the first time in a long time that I'd worked somewhat as a baby face. So, um, you know, it, it was good to kind of do some of that because I remember uh, Ricky Smokes walked up to me and he slaps me on the shoulder and he goes, I kind of like you as a baby face. And I was like, well, that's good because that's kind of the baby face's role, right? And uh, I remember another person said, man, you're so smooth in there. I'm like, well, you know, when you're a baby face and you can wrestle and you don't have to rake eyes and stomp toes it works out a lot easier but that match was a lot of fun so i'd say that's probably uh probably up there and at me versus adam booker which was also on the road that was another one that was really good too
2: well appreciate putting your brother in the sharpshooter uh i did a couple of those myself to my younger brother as
0: well of course that's how that's how we got to learn you know i mean he he was uh very imperative to my sharpshooter training yeah <laughs>
2: All right, so uh, you mentioned uh, that you're a girl dad. And uh, I just want to know, what is your favorite girl dad activity?
0: Um, Definitely, like, uh, I got them into Legos, which is, like, really cool. Um, we started watching, like, kind of the beginning of COVID, we started watching Lego Masters. And so then I went out and bought Legos, like, because I was like, we're just going to be home, like, a lot. So let's do stuff. And we started doing like Lego challenges where like the kids would come up with something for us to create, and then we'd all have to create it. And then we'd vote on who had the best, which everyone always wins. Um, But that's probably like my favorite activity to do with them. That and uh, rollerblading, actually. My mom got them rollerblades for Christmas and we did a bunch of rollerblading and they did so good. I was so proud of them. It was a super proud dad moment. Um, It was great, it was a lot of fun. Awesome.
2: Legos are awesome. (laughs) you got a bunch of lego fans with uh me and captain chuckles so awesome all in on that
0: fantastic
2: all right this is the last question from chat it is from our vip vic it is one of his trademark questions okay who do you think has the best gear of all time
0: the best gear of all time yes oh man it's so tough because there's so much that I like, like, I really like, um, I really like Shawn Michaels gear when he came back, like in the, you know, mid late two thousands. I really like that. Um, Bret Hart obviously has some of the best gear. I just think the design is just awesome. Um, macho man is always has always has had wild and crazy gear. Uh, I would have to say uh, those three, like I can't really choose out of those three, but I would say those are, are definitely the top gear for me.
2: Very similar three. I think I would have answered, but so excellent. Answers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it from the chat. Uh, cool. I only have one more question for you, Owen. Uh, Chuckle's throwing more bits. Thank you, Chuck, for 250
0: more bits in the chat.
2: Owen, you, are Mark. you ready for the lightning round?
0: I am both ready and terrified, I think but we'll do you all sh- right
2: you should be <laughs> all right so let's run that lightning round intro it's 10 questions find out if think too hard about them okay, we'll, we'll get through the questions Then i'll go back up about the intro is coming up right now it's loud you probably can't hear me gotta bring this back up and we're back and here we go lightning round number right. one our holiday edition. Thank you, Captain Chuckles, for this lightning round ten questions. Favorite part of the holidays?
0: Uh, well, ever since I've been a dad, watching the kids open up gifts. Number two, best oh. holiday dessert. Does it matter which holiday? Because it would be pumpkin pie, and that's more of a Whoa. Thanksgiving thing. I feel awesome. Awesome.
2: No, we're gonna go with it. Cool. Three, Christmas or holiday show
0: movie you can watch every year. Every year, Jingle All the Way, easily. Yes, it's Turbo I can watch Time. That every, I could watch <laughs> that every week, to be honest. I love that movie. It's Turbo
2: Time. Number four, best gift you ever received.
0: Best gift I ever received. Oh, man. Um, definitely that poster I was telling you about with the controllers. That's been pretty cool. Um, the best gift I ever received. Oh, this is going to make Val go, oh. Um, so this is a birthday gift. My youngest was actually born on my birthday. We're birthday buddies. It's the coolest thing Aww. ever. And whenever she gets mad at me, she tells me, "Well, we're not birthday buddies anymore. And I go, well, you can't change that, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the best gift I ever got was that one right there.
1: <laughs> Aw, you're right.
0: <laughs> pause Pause for the off from Val. Aww. Good. All right.
1: <laughs> <Aww>.
2: <laughs> Question five. If you had one holiday wish, what would it be?
0: Uh, That everything goes back to normal. COVID's gone. Everything goes back to normal. Number
2: six, the ideal time for your holiday meal.
0: Uh, If it's Christmas, I would say like three or four probably because usually like the morning we have like breakfast and then we're kind of snacking a little bit. So I would say like, you know, early
2: evening. We're going to keep rolling with the word holiday because I think I just like the way it's changing this around a little bit. So seven, favorite holiday song.
0: Favorite holiday song. Oh, boy. That's a good one. Um, hmm. I'm going to have to pass on that one. I can't really think of one that jumps pass. out. It's like, That's my favorite. Pass. <laughs> I know, right? You can't
2: pass. It's the lightning round.
0: Oh, I'm man. Okay. Think of- uh... Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis. There you there go. There you
2: go. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, Owen. I mean, uh, what was I
0: thinking? Number
2: eight. If you could be a character in any holiday movie, who would you be?
0: Uh, I would say Turbo Man because that'd be kind of cool. But I would have to go with Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. Or actually, no, wait. This might spark debate. Bruce Willis and Die Hard.
2: Well, hold that thought, because <laughs> question nine, can you name
0: all of Santa's reindeer? Oh, boy. Uh, Dasher, Donner, Blitzen, Comet, Cupid. I set them out of order now. Rudolph. Dasher, wait, Dancer, Prancer, Donner, Blitzen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen? Did I, I repeated one, didn't I? I'm
1: thing, oh. I think you got them all
0: though just random times i'm trying to remember the part where arnold schwarzenegger's running down the street to the radio station and jingle all the way
1: (laughs) (laughs) and he's just saying
0: them over again he's got like that perfect cadence you know
2: (laughs) oh man you got them all you didn't quite say them all in a row but you definitely got them yes i heard them all and finally question 10 the debate is out there is die hard a christmas movie
0: Yes, it is. 100% a Christmas movie. That is the
2: lightning round. Owen, you survived. You tried to pass. We did not allow it. <laughs> that with the, the first lightning.
0: one that like, came up. <laughs>
2: Thank you for all the references. The jingle all the way. Thank you. No and Val, back to you.
1: Well, yeah, you can't pass in the lightning round. It doesn't quite it doesn't work
0: right? that way. What was I thinking? Yeah. I mean, you were
1: <laughs> you were stunned i get it i am not a big holiday music gal just yeah, either speaking. to be
0: honest yeah
1: like i like your mean one mr grinch if i'm going that right? like classic yeah because a good one. i'm kind of a grinch but also <laughs> i really like you'll shoot your eye out by fallout boy so
0: oh i didn't even think about that oh man Oh, well, next next lightning round.
1: Next like <laughs> you, you know, something else to listen to. So right. You're me on Instagram and you'll shoot your eye out. With all of it. That's all you need. <laughs> so do you have any upcoming shows? I know it's kind of the end of the year and a lot of people are kind of done for the year, but do you have anything coming up like in January?
0: Um, yeah, so I, I am done for the year. I have um, January 15th. I'm way up in Maine. At Land Pro Wrestling, I worked for them uh, once or twice last year. They want me back, which is cool. January 22nd, I'm defending the New England Championship at Atlantic Pro Wrestling in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Um, and then I think that's all I have for January. February, I have uh, a couple shows. One's not announced or date yet. Um, and then one is uh, ETWA, which I forget what it all stands for. Eastern Township Wrestling Association, maybe um that's uh february 12th so yeah got a got a few dates which is good
1: Nice. and uh, where else can people find you do you have i know you have twitter i assume you have instagram i know that you said you do some stuff on twitch i don't know if you have a facebook or only fans or a tiktok but plug out little socials
0: so i do have uh I'll say Twitter and Twitch are probably the two I use the most. So Twitter at the Owen Brody. Um Twitch is the same thing, twitch.tv slash the Owen Brody. Um I do have a Facebook. I don't really use it that much, to be honest. Um, but I do have that. Um, and that's on uh it's Facebook slash I think it's the Owen Brody. I could be wrong about that. I think it's Owen Brody. If you search Owen Brody, you'll find my my smug looking face. Um and then I did start an Instagram and I, with all purpose of using it, and I haven't used it a whole lot. But that one is the madness of Obro, little Macho Man callback there.
1: Nice. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. No it's been really fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> had me cracking out so fantastic. Good. <laughs> um, once again, thank you for hanging out with me tonight, everyone. Be sure to check out. Owen uh, on Twitter and Twitch, especially. And thank you, chat, for joining us tonight and so many other nights this year. Um, I tried to make a list of all of the people I've interviewed this year, and it's been like, it was a lot. And I was like, Ooh. oh
0: man. Yeah, super that's cool, cool, though. That is. Right?
1: It's been really fun. Yeah. And I've got to meet and catch with really cool people, um, much like yourself, um, like everyone I've really interviewed. And the people that come into my chat all the time. And I appreciate that. And, of course, I always appreciate Christopher and Captain Chuckles, my, my two podcast guys. I joined them because they asked me to. And that's why I'm here. And I'm so thankful for them this year and every year. This year and, like, four days last year. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all, everybody, for joining us tonight and this year. We will be off next week. Returning January 5th, I'm still trying to figure out who I'm going to have January 5th, but I'm sure somebody will be here with me um, and Chris and maybe Chuck too. So come back January 5th um, for a new year, new stack. Um, and thank you all for everything. And thank you all for joining me tonight. Hey, no
0: problem. It was a good time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. And I hope to see everybody in new year.